Welcome to the Care Exchange, the podcast for managers working in social care. I'm Pia Rafter-Burton. And I'm Ali Rustridge. And today we're joined by Debbie Dry. Debbie is the registered manager of, of Windsor Lodge, which is a small family-owned care home for older people in Buckinghamshire. So I met Debbie through a local network in the southeast where I'm based, and she always really generous with sharing her experiences with other managers. So I was really keen to get her on the podcast to find out more about her and her role. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting with Debbie today. During this podcast series, we've talked to managers from different parts of the sector. So today we're returning to older people's residential. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. So welcome, Debbie, to the Care Exchange. Thanks very much for coming today. I'm sure you're really busy. So I really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Thank you very much for the invitation and the opportunity to talk and for showing my children that I can be very trendy by being on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This is an advantage I know well. (laughs) So I always start with this question, but tell me a little bit about your journey into social care. Well, I started as a child carer. Mm. So my mum had MS and I learned very early on that if I just held my arm out for her to hold, that she was able to walk Mm. and I loved helping her and seeing the difference that that very simple thing can do um, made me feel good. So um, naturally, I then went into a career of nursing and my mum was an ex-nurse. So I trained in London and I stayed in it for about 12, 15 years and I worked into ITU. And then my parents actually converted our care home our home, family home, into a care home. And it came to the point where they found were finding it more difficult, I think, with regulations. Um, and they asked me, would I want to go in and manage the home? And it was just right at that time for me. So I managed the home and I've been doing that ever since. Wow. So fa- still family-owned care home? Yes, it is okay. still family run. Okay. And how do you manage manage that sort of kind of balance between sort of kind of um, you know personal and and professional relationships? When it comes to the care home, I can very much leave personal side at home. I think I am. I'd like to think I'm a very good role model, and that I can be professional with the within the home. I do take my responsibilities very seriously. Mm. Um, I think on the other side, it's very difficult sometimes, particularly in the last year, with being overwhelmed with regulations and guidance mm. to actually leave work at work. Mm. So I think I think of that side is something that has been more challenging. Um, but I think if you're very clear in your responsibilities and your roles, and you have a very good team behind you, I think it is about handing things over and letting them manage the home when you're not physically yeah. there yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. And, I, you know, I know a lot of managers do find that that work, you know, time off work, you know, time away from work uh, challenging, particularly over the last, our last year. I know that's a, a 
common feature when we talk to managers about having that time. So tell me a bit about, we've jumped a little bit, but tell me a bit more about Windsor Lodge Care Home. Well, it's a small care home in Buckinghamshire and it's only for nine people over 65 years of age. So it's a residential care home. Um, As I say, it's family run. We'd like to sort of frame it as it's a home from home. Mm-hmm. So it's got a family atmosphere. We have 12 permanent staff and it's a a warm environment, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really sort of part of our ethos and developing the, the culture within the home. Yeah. And and. You know, I know you're rated outstanding in 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 three areas. Um, you know, caring, mm-hmm. responsive, and well led. So, what do you think that what is it that makes you outstanding in those areas? Do you think? I think primarily what we try and achieve is by putting the resident at the heart of everything. So, I've learned over the years to plan well, and it is about evidencing everything that you do as you go along. Mm. And I think sometimes people focus so much on CQC. You know, they you hear people say, what are CQC looking for? Or they're due to come in now. Whereas actually I see quality as on a continuum. Mm. And so there shouldn't be in the year this peaks and troughs because you're expecting CQC to come in. To me, it is about planning for the whole year and actually managing yourself so that you don't become overwhelmed and that you don't become stressed. And, you know, I think it's about having a good team behind you and it's about actually developing that culture between you all. Yeah. I thought it was really, I'll I'll come to the culture a bit in a minute, but I thought it was really interesting you saying about evidencing, um, you know, kind of having that, you know continual thinking about well what are we doing how am I evidencing what what the the things that we're doing the good things that we're doing to be able to show because I think often um, there will be lots of good things happening within a service that if they're not evidence who's going to know about it how will a CQC inspector or any other inspector from local authorities for instance know that those things are happening if you're not evidencing it so what's your sort of strategy around evidencing because I, I think you know when you're busy it's it's difficult to do sometimes isn't it it is and I think sometimes when people focus on evidence they're looking for big things big issues But actually, in care, sometimes it's the smallest things that can make the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. So even if it's something like you reviewed your practice. So, for example, we looked at our medication records and we looked at where did we have errors occurring? And it was in the morning. And that's when predominantly most tablets are given first thing in the morning. So we looked at the time it was given and we adapted and we spoke to residents. I spoke to staff and I said, when is the best time for residents? When do you want your tablets? And actually it was nine o'clock. So we shifted the times and actually residents are better. They're more awake. They've had their breakfasts Mm -hmm. and for staff it isn't the first thing you do when you've just rushed into work so it is about writing things down I do have an evidence file 
Because when CQC come in, actually, it's very hard to think what you did last week, never mind all the changes that you've implemented over the year. And actually, it's quite a nice thing to actually hand over and say, this is what we've done. Take your time and look at everything that we've achieved. Mm. And are you doing that digitally now? Because obviously much more kind of... um, you know, everything's going to be much more digital where, where um, <clears throat> inspectors may not be able to come to the home as much. You know, you have you sort of kind of changed your way over the last year to make sure that an inspector will be able to look at things digitally? Yes, we have. I think it's, I mean, I love having records that you can view, that you can share, that actually you can show residents and show relatives yeah. as well. But it is important to have it online available for any format that they wish to yeah, see. Exactly. Mm. Um, just going back to that, the culture you mentioned earlier, and I know that was, um, you know, when I was looking at your CQC report, it was one of the things that really stood out to me about this, uh, how important culture is, um, how there's this real mutual respect between yourself, uh, your workforce, your staff, and the people you're supporting, and all the pe- other people who are part of that home, you know, the rel- relatives particularly. How do you create that culture? I think it's important to sometimes just stand back from what you do every day and look at what do you stand for as a team? And to me, actually having shared values is very important. Mm. So even when you are looking at recruiting someone, values-based recruitments, how you ask a question and asking the right question from the very beginning tells you a lot about the person that you're about to invest in. Mm. It's also the culture. I think my role as a manager is to help create the environment But actually, it's everybody in it that sets the culture. So it's the manager, it's the residents, it's the staff, and it's the family. Because when you walk into a home, actually, you get a feeling for a place. Mm -hmm. And part of that is is the culture. And it's about, I see my role as empowering people. So empowering the residents to say when something's not right, Mm. to sort of say if they want something different in the home, for staff to actually um, adapt how we do things in the home and to question me as a manager. And it's about valuing each individual Mm. because we've all got something to contribute and that even though we've got different responsibilities, actually as human beings, we're all equal. Mm-hmm. And so we should all have a say in the home. You said you had, was it 12 staff you had? Yes. So have, have, have they stayed with you? Have you have you got quite a stable staff team? It sounds like you're really working on that culture of, of everybody having a role. Is, is, is that working to keep people with you? It is. I think there's, you know, we've, over the last year, particularly with, with COVID, actually it caused me to reevalue our vision and our mission in the home and actually that takes time so that has we've only just established that and it's about now embedding it it's not a a done deal so actually what I need staff to do is to look at the mission to share and practice the values 
And actually, because you invest in them and you value what they think and you want them to speak up, actually, it it makes them want to stay because mm-hmm. they feel they genuinely feel part of a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what you kind of really clearly said in that in, in inspection report, you know, and I, and I know as well from from, uh, from looking at your Facebook page that, you know, your staff clearly value you. You were given cards and, and flowers several times over the last year to kind of, uh, you know, because of the, they, they really appreciated that, what a, what a difficult year it'd been. So, so well done for that. And, you know, and I completely kind of understand what you're saying about having to almost invest in, 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 in everybody to make sure that they they have the same vision as, 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 uh, as each other. Um, one of the other things that is mentioned in the CQC report was about your how you um, talk to your staff once they have done any kind of training or if they have... Um, attended any any anything external where they've learned something and how you really want them you know to to think about what difference does that make to the home what are the things that you can change the result why do you do that I think it depends how you view training I think it's very easy at the beginning of the year to look at how many staff you have and I mean you know I've only got 12 I think if you had over 100 staff it must be overwhelming to think We've got all these training sessions to try and organize. Mm. But actually, I see it as a real learning opportunity. Mm. And I think it's important to have this mixture of face-to-face training, to have external validation for what people have learned, but actually to adapt it and look at, well, so what does it mean in the care home? So for staff, I want them to share the information, what they've learned, and to also put it into practice. So when they have attended training, they within a supervision meeting, that might be a group supervision meeting, or in a staff meeting, I get them to, to talk about what they've learned, really just sort of um, bullet points of has anything changed, and then actually look at how can we adapt it or bring it into the home to make it more meaningful? So, for instance, if someone's been on safeguarding training, they will talk about it. We will discuss where is the safeguarding poster? What would you do if you had a concern? Who would you contact in the first instance? Does everybody know where the safeguarding policy is? And has anyone got any concerns at the moment mm. um, within the home? And actually, it's just putting it into practice. So it's a mixture of knowledge, but also then the skills, putting it into practice. And that, that to me is important. So almost when somebody's been on a, any kind of development uh, internally or externally, you're, you're straight away sharing that that knowledge with with everybody so everybody's actually getting a little bit of a refresher because that sounds to me like you know when you're saying oh you know where's the poster where how do you report concerns that you're almost refreshing people's knowledge they not just the person that's been on the training course have learned something but actually everybody that attended the team meeting or the group's revision um uh, kind of increases you know refreshes their knowledge as well at that at that point 
Exactly. And it's it's also about, well, why do we send people on all this training? Yeah. Why do we mm. do it? Actually, it's just about bringing things, refreshing things in people's minds. But it's also about you want a better outcome for your residents. So it's, again, the focus should be on, well, what do the residents get mm. from me sending all of you on this yeah. training? It's not a certificate. It's mm. actually how you put it into practice. Mm. And I think that goes back to your point about that doing things for this for the purpose of this of the home and the people that you're supporting and your workforce rather than doing something because of CQC. Um, so you know, you know, and I'm sure Ali has the same when we talk to managers said, Oh, well, I've got to pull my staff on this training because that's what secrecy requires. Mm -hmm. In fact, you you sort of almost turn that around and saying, I'm I'm sending these staff on, on this training because how is that gonna this is this is gonna add value to the to the quality of the care that's been provided in the service. Really great way of thinking of it. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's I think it is difficult for managers. I think because when you focus on what CQC are focusing on, you're actually not focusing on your residents. And that's where that needs to shift. So for example, when CQC there was a big issue about oral hygiene, yeah. and mm -hmm. managers all over the country sent everyone on training for oral hygiene. And actually what they didn't do is the instance of sending people on nutrition training went down because people were so focused on that. And actually, to me, nutrition is part of it. Actually, it's a balance. Send them on their nutrition, but actually oral hygiene is part of that as well. Yeah, and hydration as well, yeah. um, particularly in older people. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about having that all around um and it kind of leads me on to i know you have a uh in terms of infection prevention control you ha you have a very good kind of lead, you know infection prevention control lead or champion so that almost kind of leads on to that you know that that you don't may not necessarily want to train everybody in the same you might want to identify individuals and say okay you know you're going to go on this course and therefore you need to to kind of knowledge share what you've learned from that but tell me about your infection prevention control lead because it's somebody I know, I know has has really sort of supported you over the last year is that right yeah she has been fantastic I mean everyone in the home I encourage them to take a lead in an aspect of care mm -hmm. but actually if they don't want to take a lead that's fine as well I think sometimes with experience you find your niche and I do, I have a very supportive um, infection control lead who's been fantastic. You know, she's attended webinars. She's reviewed guidance with me. She's assisted with the policy and risk assessments. And actually, she's taken ownership of that so that when I'm, and this is where it's helped me sort of within my sort of personal and professional side that when I am at home, actually she can take the lead and review what's practicing within the home. So it's been fantastic, I have to say, very supportive. Is that a role you've always had or, or was it one you've developed quite recently? We have always had, but actually I think I've learned to delegate. <laughs> <laughs> and I think sometimes you're you don't want to give people too much mm. 
because you don't want to be seen as, well, that's actually the manager's role and you're just almost dumping it on me. Mm -hmm. But actually it's about saying, look, I can help you develop this role and we can work on it together. But the more competent the other person becomes, actually the less you do then as a manager, but you might just oversee everything. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. And like you say, having that in, you know, encouraging all your staff to take on various roles increases the the combined knowledge, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to ask you about was that you took part in the leadership program before the pandemic, didn't you? So how did that change you as a leader? What were the things that you learned from that? Well, this was a Bucks Registered Managers Leadership Programme, and we were about a third of the way through when we had to stop because of COVID. But we did have um, online meetings, and there was a real mixture of managers. So there was managers from supported living, learning disabilities, reablement, care homes. And actually, it was great to support each other, to share ideas, And you do reflect on yourself as a leader, not as a manager, but as a leader. And I think you, it gives you the opportunity to look back and say, well, actually, how do I lead? And you, it gives you suggestions about how you can support your staff better and how you can adapt. I think we all learn a particular style that suits us. And then what you learn is that there's no right or wrong way to be an excellent care manager. You don't need to learn a particular way. I think what you have to do is learn about your responsibilities and accountability, really focus on your client group and your staff and it's about managing people and how to empower them and inspire them as a leader so it gives you tools to help you it's interesting that you're stressing their leadership rather than management is that that something you thought about before the program or did that help you think about the importance of leadership I think it helps you focus on it. I think when your role says manager, I think that's how people perceive you. And they may not really perceive you as a leader, but I think it gives you time to look back and say, well, actually, am I an effective role model? Do I empower and enable people? And so it's not about evidence for CQC, so the paperwork, the, the, it's how you do things really. And did you make any changes to your practice following the programme, the leadership programme? I think it it made me sort of step back and look about, actually about delegating. It is, I've always been very forthright about empowering residents. And actually it made me sort of challenge how I led my staff Mm. and it is about I've always invested in them but I think it's how I invested in them and to give them a bit more scope so for example looking at training I I thought if someone needed training and it was due this month actually if they were focusing on a particular issue within the home like 
pressure ulcer care. Mm-hmm. Actually give them the time to finish what they're doing and actually book the training later on in the year. Now, I know that's very hard for people probably to listen to because I think there is a one of the things that I know people really focus on with CQC is make sure when your training's due that you have it done. And mm. But actually, to me, to lead is about giving people that opportunity to actually really embed what they've learnt mm. and then, you know, learning goes on all the time. It doesn't just happen when you're in that classroom. Yeah. I can say to you within our staff minutes that people have learned about safeguarding. They may not have attended the training, mm. but we have actually, in effect, consolidated what's important about the training. Yeah. And that goes on throughout the year. So are you saying that... Um to almost prepare for going on training, you're asking your staff to to look at a particular area. You know, if they're due to, to go train into a particular area, they, they will look at that, you know, before they're going on training. They're almost prepare, preparing for that. And then they go on the training course and then they're sharing as we, we spoke earlier on. Is that how? Yeah, I think I try and get them to say, so for example, if it is manual handling, I will always say when people are going on training, Try and come away with it, how we can do things better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, where you've got the resident at the heart, it's about is there anything we can adapt in the home Mm -hmm. to make it better either for everyone or for a particular resident? So Mm -hmm. if there's someone in the home who may be quite challenging to help transfer, is there – talk about them, obviously – be confidential but raise the issue and say this is how we're doing it in the home is there are there any aids available or is there a better way of doing it and then bring it back to the home and actually by reviewing the person's care plan their risk assessment talking about it in a staff meeting actually it just consolidates the whole thing and it makes training a bit more meaningful for staff Mm. yeah it's not just a tick box. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, is, this is great. That's great. So, so, Debbie, I'm going to go on and ask you the questions that we ask all our guests. And, and the first one is, have you got a story or experience that you always tell people? It could be in a social situation or at work, but your, your kind of go-to story. Have you got one of those? Well, I do. In some respects, it's just a little thing, but it made quite an impact on me. And it's something that I do reflect on now and then. And it's a time when we sort of brought residents out to the good old garden centre, a favourite with care homes. And we had lunch and we were driving back and we were coming down our road and we were just indicating to come into the care home. And we we do have a, a, a big drive with gates and a resident said out, out loud, oh, lovely. Oh, we're back home, everyone. And, you know, that meant everything to me mm. because she saw it as her home. Mm. It's not a care home. It's her home. It's where they lived. And it's just where care is delivered and people come in every day to help them. And that's the essence of when you're trying to create a culture and build on the ethos 
that's very meaningful. Now, that's not captured anywhere in CQC. I'm not going to write that down because actually that was just a moment for mm. us all to share and it was lovely. Yeah, mm. yeah really powerful. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Gave me goosebumps when I, when I heard you <laughs> said that. It's just such a lovely thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. It but it, it, it goes along with everything you said earlier about you know, that, that creating that home, that feeling, that's great. And um, I know you, you've come across as obviously really uh, passionate about uh, what you do. I'm interested, you know, that you chose to run the home and you've come out of, of nursing into it. So in a sense, what is it that you really, really like about your role? Um, it's the, you know, the really, really, too really there. What do, you, what do you love about it? What keeps you there? I think putting it simply, it's about helping others and seeing the impact that it makes. I mean, I started off by saying, you know, with my mum holding her hand as a child, I didn't really know what I was doing. But what I could see is the impact that it made. Mm. I had no skills. I had no qualification. I had no competency assessment. But I cared mm. enough to try and make a difference. And I think people can do that now. So if you see a resident who's alone or you think maybe lonely, I think holding their hand, spending time with them, even just a look from them, they know that they've been seen and that they matter. And to me, that's important. That's mm. very important. Those little tiny things that you can do. And I think kindness is a very undervalued thing. I think if you look at all the principles of care, of dignity, independence, empowerment, do you know, it just comes down to being kind, being mm. kind to your colleagues, sharing the workload, being kind to residents. And I think it's part of it is, is my upbringing, actually. Mm -hmm. And I think if I can, if there's anything that I could share with people, it is about being kind in your professional and private life. And I think you get more out of it. Mm. Well, that's really great. I can see that that's what drives you very much. Mm, yeah. um, and we've got a time to care slot. So this is your chance to pass on some of your learning um, about what you think enables you to manage your time effectively. What advice would you give to other registered managers, your time-saving tips? Well, actually, I've listened to the other podcasts, and it's very similar to my sort of colleagues as well, in that planning. I think planning, <laughs> and, <laughs> planning and evidence. I think what I would say to someone is, you know, we're is to start at the beginning of the year. I just find that easier for, for me. And look at all your quality assurance tasks. And each month, plan monthly what you want to tackle or what you want to try and achieve. And it's very easy in this job to feel overwhelmed, particularly in, in the last year. But even if CQC come in in February, June or December, actually, if you haven't finished all your tasks, what you can show them is, oh, this is what I plan to do. Mm. So once they've gone, I've got all of this to look at because it shows you've got a real understanding of your role 
and the opportunities that are there for the rest of the year. And even if they came in at the beginning of the year, actually what you did last year is just as valuable as what mm. you're going to do. And it shows them that you've got this continuum and it is about constantly wanting to improve. You know, just because you get outstanding, as lovely as it is, actually, you still have complaints, you still yeah. have issues, you still have staffing problems when people don't turn up. But actually, it's how you manage it that's important. Yeah. Oh, great. So you're so, con constantly wanting to improve. I love that as a yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's great as well. And a really good 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 tip, I think, about about almost using the calendar year as a way of saying, okay, well, this is, you know, in the first quarter we're going to look at this. This is the orders I'm going to be doing. This is the the the, the checking I'm going to do. This is my plan for that quarter, the next quarter, et cetera, et cetera. And being able to show throughout the year this is this is what what we uh, kind of aim to do and obviously things happen and obviously COVID wasn't was your part of your plan for 2020 <laughs> um, but I'm sure you still did some of those things and was able to evidence that you know your your planning was worthwhile because you may have had to tweak it but you still had to do you still did some of those things. Exactly and it is about actually try not to become overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. If you feel, oh, I haven't got time to do it, well, put it in another month. Yeah. You know, it's actually about managing your time for the here and now and being realistic about what you can achieve because I'd rather do things slowly but do them well yeah. than do lots of different things because actually it's not as meaningful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes taking those baby steps. You know, I remember when I was a minister manager, just in terms of recruitment, you know, it was it was kind of an ongoing thing. But I just felt if I did something, a little thing every day towards that, I felt that I was, you know, so if somebody kind of started beginning of the year saying, oh, my God, you've got to do all these things, I would have been panicking. But because I just broke it down into small steps, which is what you're sort of saying, you know, just do it a little bit at the time if you need to rather than thinking we're at the big, bigger task all the time, but have, have a plan for the bigger task. Great advice. Thank you. OK, so we're going to um, challenge you now because the hardest thing we're asking you to do is to try and summarise all the things that you've said. I mean, if you, in terms of leaving um, the listener with uh, kind of three words that would sum up some of the things that you've said, what, what would your three words be? Well, I have thought about this and I my three words would be people, courage, enjoy. So for people, actually, when people say, oh, CQC is coming in, actually, CQC is just an organisation like any other. A person, a representative of CQC will come in. So it's about actually supporting other people, working together. And it's whether it's your clients or residents, your staff, other healthcare professionals or CQC. Actually, it is about people at the end of the day when you talk about our profession. Yeah. I think secondly, courage, I'd say, have courage to ask questions. So if someone even very senior says to you, oh, this is what you should do, actually ask yourself first, 
why? Why is it important or is this the best way to get a better outcome for my resident or for my client? And I think the one thing the last year has shown me is with all the guidance, actually is to have the courage to say, is this right for my resident? Mm. And actually to review it and I think adapt things. I'm always adapting things, even paperwork that <laughs> I may borrow from people. I adapt it to, to my environment. And the last one is enjoy. I think I'm, I am passionate about what I do because I still enjoy it. Um, I'm partial to a game of bingo and a sing-along with residents, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> and I think you gain so much by just putting the paperwork down and starting to experience what your residents and your staff experience as well. So they're my three words. But I do have a little quote that I think I came across it a few years ago and I do share it with staff and I think it is so important and it's they don't care what you know they want to know you care and to me that means everything Mm. I think that sums you up yeah it's a lovely lovely quote to end on and it probably sums up um, what you said that's really great yeah, fantastic, David. Well, well done for, for. Do you know who said that quote? No, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, it'd be helpful if I did, but I don't. Okay. We can set the listeners a task to find the source. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you've been a great guest, and we, I think we've had a really good conversation. So, thank you very much for your time, and bye. Yeah, bye bye. So thank you very much to Debbie Dry. That was great to talk to her. So many things she shared. Yeah, I, I thought she was. She had some great tips there. But one of the things that I was um, interested in was when she was mentioning about the leadership program she did, which is one of the programs that we put on, didn't we, in Skills for Care. Yeah. But it, it was really good that she was saying how it made her think about leadership as a manager, and, and often the you know the title registered manager they're thinking about management skills but she was talking about leadership which I know we feel is really really important um, and I think if people haven't seen it on our website we've got materials about this on the under the leadership and management page and I was thinking that things like that leadership um, framework that we've got might be useful for people because it does talk about the leadership behaviors doesn't it and, and yeah. what you would need to develop if you want to be a good leader and she mentioned quite a lot of those in how she was describing her own leadership it seemed to be really helping her think about how she related to a team and and really enabled and empowered them. That came across so strongly, I think. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really interesting how her how she'd really used that that program to reflect on her her her, her how she's a leader for the people that, she, that mm. her workforce um that she felt she kind of already knew her strength around the people that she's supporting but actually changed how she was you know delegating how she we've heard this several times doing yeah, this podcast here yeah. delegation <laughs> comes up a lot doesn't it but you know how how she'd kind of just not just delegated but really embedded the the kind of 
new way of of people learning new things and 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 taking responsibility for for an aspect of of the service and and mm -hmm. therefore sharing that doing kind of knowledge shares for her team meetings um mm -hmm. thought it was really really interesting and 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 that kind of leads on to the um the learning reviews modules that the digital modules that we have developed um They've kind of been developed as a result of COVID. Um, they're sort of kind of 35 minute modules that any any manager in social care can access for free. Um, and they are kind of looking at, you know, what when something has happened, what are the things, you know, what are the things that we can learn from this uh, happening? And obviously COVID being one of them, particularly if you'd had an outbreak, what are the things that we all or what are our parts in that whatever happened and what can we each learn from our own experiences and other people's experience and what are the things that we can change as a result um and, and i think it's really interesting when you do the module it's not just about COVID. they have a, a scenario where it's a medication error and how people have learned from that um you know and i know i know myself when i was a register manager I, I used to do something very similar to to learning reviews i remember one particular incident where we had a a major power cut for many hours and we afterwards sat down and kind of looked at what are the things that we've learned from this incident and what are the things that we can make changes of and that really what is is what the learning reviews are, are all about um but it's very much what debbie was talking about when yeah, her yeah. staff have been on training or if they have done something differently is learning and sharing that learning with others and making changes she gave wasn't it around her medication when she made changes yeah. to that just by reviewing and talking to people about what happened and i think yeah, that exactly. module is really helpful because the the difficulty is that very often it's a registered manager that does that on their own but the learning yeah. review module helps you think about how as a team you can do it and i think yeah. very much what debbie was saying was that the whole team are reflecting together on what comes out of anything that they're reviewing, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's worth yeah. checking out that. Absolutely, and you know, free, fully funded, and in fact, once you've once you've completed it, you can access a or you can uh, draw a hundred hundred pound WDF for it's a workforce development fund. So, worth doing if you haven't done it, haven't done it already, and you're you're a manager in social care, not just for registered manager for any manager in social care. So, absolutely. Um, so more details in the show notes about both those resources. Um, we really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Um, uh, remember to subscribe uh, if you, for, for, from wherever you're getting your podcast from. You'll then get notification when the next episode is released. And we hope you'll join us for our next podcast. Thanks Thank a lot. you very much. Bye. Bye.